Before I begin, my name is Ronan. This is the Little Seal English Podcast. Please check out my website, www.littlesealenglish.com. Check out my Instagram, my Telegram, and my TikTok, of course, and YouTube. Check them all out, please. Okay, now that that's done, let's get started. My friends, hello and welcome to the fourth and final episode of Murphy's Law. Yes, this is the end of the Murphy's Law saga. For those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, if you listen to episodes 70, 71 and 73, they are called Murphy's Law 1, 2 and 3 respectively. And Murphy's Law is a podcast episode saga, we'll call it, whereby I recount my journey from Kelowna, Canada to Sligo, Ireland when I was travelling home for Christmas in December 2022. You should probably stop listening and go back to listen to those to, for this one to make a lot of sense. I mean, you can 100% ignore my advice and learn all the random English that's included because there's no real plan for these podcasts. It's just tell you a story and teach you English at the same time. And let me tell you, this is a motherfucking story. So my advice, go back and listen. However, I am going to provide... A beautiful recap in a moment of episode 1, 2, and 3. I hope you enjoy, folks, the last episode of Murphy's Law. Without any further ado, here is the recap. Okay, so let me give you a very, very quick and fast recap of part 1, part 2, and part 3. Are you ready? I was travelling home for Christmas in 2022. Travelling at Christmas is terrible, I do not recommend it. Travelling at Christmas is the worst because it's so busy and there's always cancellations. I slept in Vancouver airport because my friend was unable to meet me because she got sick. I spent some time in downtown Vancouver where I met a chick who was batshit crazy and hitting on everyone around her. I slept on the floor of the airport and was rudely awoken by a lady on her phone. She spoke like she was addressing a crowd of a thousand people despite only one person being near her, me, asleep. I took a plane from Vancouver to Chicago and that's where the shit show really began. From there I was due to fly to Chicago to Dublin to meet my aunt in the airport and have breakfast. My aunt lives in the USA but was in Ireland just before Christmas. We had an overlap of about three or four hours where we planned to meet and eat breakfast. Following that my wife was going to join and we were going to have second breakfast. Then we were going to drive back to my hometown of Sligo. Plain sailing, right? Plain sailing. That's a sexy idiom. If something is plain sailing, it's smooth. There's no issues. It's like sailing a boat in calm water and it's easy. The roads were busy in the city, but once we hit the highway, it was plain sailing. However, my journey was anything but folks. So uh, where were we? The recap. Okay, so... I caught the plane to Chicago and had to rush through the airport to make my connection. I jumped over suitcases, knocked kids over with my knees, got through US security, got to my gate. My flight from Chicago to Dublin was delayed, delayed again, delayed more and then finally cancelled. Before it was cancelled, I met a bunch of Irish people in the airport who were also travelling home for Christmas. We had a few drinks together and some of them started to cry and that's when I left. The airline pulls, puts us up in a hotel and gave us all a $50 voucher for food. However, the hotel rest 
restaurant was closed so we couldn't use the food voucher. Woke up hungry, got served a sorry looking breakfast sandwich that looked like it wanted to die. I get to the airport and find out I've been rebooked from Chicago to Miami and then Miami to Dublin. What could possibly go wrong? Famous last words. So, you ready? Let's go with part four. So after my terrible breakfast, I went outside to grab the airport shuttle bus. And boy, oh boy, was it cold in Chicago. There was a wind that would cut you. It was ice cold, let me tell you that. So the shuttle, the shuttle is the bus from the airport to the hotel or vice versa. Excuse me, where's the airport shuttle? How often does the airport shuttle go? When will the next shuttle be here? Some example sentences with the word shuttle. Anywho, got to the airport, got through security without any issues, and I made a beeline for the bar. I beelined for the bar. What does it mean to beeline? Well, to beeline means that you go in a straight line without any turns. I beelined to the bar. I didn't stop after security to look around at the shops. I didn't do anything. I went straight to the bar. And you can use that expression when someone goes straight to something in a straight line. Obviously, in this one here, it's a little bit figurative. I walked through the airport, I saw the bar, and as soon as I saw the bar, I walked in a straight line towards the bar. I beelined for the bar. So it's not as if I got through security and just ran to the bar. I walked around looking for it first. When I saw it, I walked straight toward it. You know, I didn't look left, I didn't look right. If someone was in my way, I would just push them aside or something like that. And I beelined for the bar. As soon as I got to the restaurant, I beelined to the toilet. I really needed to pee. So to beeline is to go quickly in a straight, direct course. A beeline is a noun, and it's the line that you walk. I made a beeline to the bar. Nothing was getting in my way. As soon as I got past security, I beelined for the bar. Nothing was getting in my way. You know, I mentioned there how I got through security without any issues. And like, that's a real, real, real common question people ask you uh, about travel. How was security? And here's just a couple of random answers for that question, how was security? You can say security was a breeze. Very, very easy. So that's number one. Number two, security was terrible. So many delays. Three, I got through without issue. Four, oh, you know, it only took five minutes. Five, security was terrible. There was a lineup of 40 minutes. I thought we were going to miss the flight. Six, security was a shit show. Seven, they checked my bag. Eight, I had to get frisked. Frisked. F-R-I-S-K-E-D. And to frisk is when the security workers pat you down with their hands to check for weapons or something. I went through the full body scanner. Number seven or eight, I can't remember. You can say the dog barked at you, for instance. Now hopefully it won't. The dog is referring to the security dog that work at airports. They, you know, they pick up the scent of various things and if they bark or if they sit beside a person, that usually means... Usually, the person has some sort of uh, 
smell coming off them which could indicate x y or z a sniffer dog is what we call them sniffer dog a dog a security dog and they always have good noses let me tell you that a good nose and you know the last thing you could say about security security was on point today and if security is on point that just means everything was smooth it was easy to easy to get through so now you know how to answer the question, how was security? Of course, you have to play with those phrases and uh, tinker and tailor them for whatever situation you're in. Anywho, um, even though I'm not a fan of soccer, you know, I'm more of a rugby guy myself, I was going to watch the World Cup final between France and Argentina because what else are you going to fucking do in an airport? I ordered some food from the bar and a beer for breakfast and you know, that is one thing I do love about airports absolutely time don't matter in airports whatever time your body is on could be totally different to the person next to you so if you're having a drink at 5 a.m or 7 a.m in the airport it doesn't mean jack shit because who knows where you are coming from or who knows how long you've been awake i love airports they make me feel normal for drinking so early in the day anywho i'm watching the world cup final Argentina are 2-0 up. They're probably going to win. I cannot see France getting back into this, right? Argentina are 2-0 up. Argentina are 3-2 up. That's kind of like how we talk about sports scores. Barcelona are 3 up against Madrid. And that would mean they're winning by 3 goals. And we only use it when it's going on. They are 2 up. They are 2 down. Could be another one. Oh, my team is two down. I don't like this game, for instance. And you use it for any sport. You know, that has a score that they have to get more points than the other team. So, I had to catch my flight to Miami, which meant I was going to miss the second half of the World Cup. Murphy's Law. You know, that, that actually didn't bother me too much because I'm not really a fan of soccer. However, as I found out, it was apparently the greatest World Cup final ever. Apparently, France came back, leveled the game, went to penalties or something. Long story short, I missed the greatest World Cup final in modern history because I was on a plane to Miami. And get this, folks. Who was I sitting beside? A kid. A child. A baby. Yeah, a baby. That is like the last person you want to be sitting beside on a flight. However... This child was super cute and didn't cry once and this child was very, very nice. He was really funny. But let's be honest, whenever you see a kid on a plane, you get nervous. Is that kid going to cry? Is that kid going to sit beside me? I really hope that kid doesn't sit beside me. And look around next time a baby enters a plane. You're going to see some people sweating, especially if there's a seat free beside them. Now, this baby was super cool, super cute super cool and it was only a three-hour flight so it wasn't that bad overall the kid did not cry once it was a very well-behaved baby his name was marcus and marcus loved pulling on my headphones and holding my finger from time to time i legit had zero issues with that his mother didn't want him bothering me but i assured her it's okay and i would rather he pull my headphones or grab my finger than cry i did feel very sorry for the mother she passed out so quickly and kept waking up she was obviously incredibly tired. I mean, traveling with a kid is not easy. Traveling with a kid by yourself sounds like an absolute nightmare. Anywho, get to Miami airport. Go to check what gate my connecting flight to Dublin is. I'm about to get on my last flight back to Ireland. And guess what? Two hour delay, baby. Oh, yeah. 
Murphy's 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 Law. We were due to leave Miami in two hours, but now it was four hours. I mean, like I said, it is Murphy's Law, right? Of course, there was going to be another delay. So I exit the area of the airport that I'm in, and knowing it was going to be four hours before my flight left, I decided to not go through security just yet. You know, I just really wanted to take some time in the airport and maybe check out Miami a bit. Now, when I say check out Miami, my plan was to go for a walk outside the airport to see what it was like. I was not planning on heading into the city or anything because that would just be tempting fate. You know, if I did that, I'm asking for trouble with everything that's gone wrong so far. I am not leaving the vicinity of the airport. So I walk around, I step outside, and holy sweet Jesus, it is hot. It is so, so hot. Remember, I live in Canada, which is in the north. When I left Kelowna, it was about minus 10, minus 15 degrees. I got to Chicago. Chicago was about minus 15 or minus 20 degrees. And I get to Miami, and it is plus 20 degrees in December. It was so hot. I was not dressed for the heat. I did not spend too long outside. I just wanted some fresh air before I went through security. But unfortunately... The only fresh air I got was like humid, cigarette smoke, or exhaust fumes from all the traffic. So it wasn't the greatest. I mentioned there how I was dressed for. And if you're dressed for something, that's like a really just common adjective, I guess. You know, I wasn't dressed for the heat. When I go to the mountains, I'm dressed for the mountains. That means I have my boots, my hat or toque, my gloves, my winter jacket, for instance. You need to dress for the relevant conditions when hiking. No such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing. Dress for the weather. So I wasn't dressed for the weather in Miami. I was dressed for the weather in Kelowna, dressed for the weather in Chicago, dressed for the weather in Ireland, but not dressed for the weather in Miami. And I really did not want to start sweating again, so I quickly made my way back inside. You know, there's not much for me to tell you about Miami. Because I didn't really get to see much. I heard a lot of Spanish. I heard a lot more Spanish than English, to be honest. So Spanish is a widely spoken language there. And uh, yeah, I go through security. I get to the departure lounge. I notice my flight has been delayed by another hour or two. And yeah, I'm starting to think, am I ever going to get home to Ireland? Murphy's Law. So like at this point here, folks, I'm already more than 48 hours delayed. You know, I'm already waiting this long to get home. I'm genuinely wondering if I am ever going to get home for Christmas right now. But what do you do when you originally had a two-hour delay, it turned into a four-hour delay, then it turned into a five-hour delay? What do you do? What? Of course. The bar. The airport bar where everyone is welcome. And get this. This is the great thing about Miami Airport. They got a fucking open top smoking area in the airport. Yes, an open top smoking area. So I went to the bar. I sat down in the smoking area and I was able to look up at the clouds and I thought to myself, will I ever get home? I was staring at the clouds in my prison of Miami Airport. That's what it felt like. I'm a bit dramatic, I know. But still, you get what I'm saying. It was actually just real nice to sit in the smoking area. Yeah, I know there's people smoking. I know secondhand smoke is dangerous and everything. But it felt like I was outside. 
And that's one thing I really dislike about airports is the lack of fresh air, the inability to go outside. I would much rather stay in the outdoor smoking area where not many people were even smoking than sit indoors in the recycled air. I got myself a snack, some, some food, I people watched, I caught up on the news, I wrote some of the podcast, but folks, I was, I was ready to go home. You know, as, as energetic as I may sound talking about it, you have to understand, I was just done at this stage. I was done. So, fast forward a couple of hours. Okay, that's a good phrase. Fast forward a couple of hours. Fast forward a year, I'm living in Canada. Fast forward an hour, I'm waiting for my plane. Fast forward, plus time, plus present continuous or present tense. Fast forward a couple hours, I'm sitting in the bar. Fast forward a couple of weeks and I finally arrive home for Christmas. Yeah, we use that phrase, fast forward plus time, when uh, we want to skip over a period of time because, you know, nothing exciting happened in that time. And yeah, fast forward a couple of hours. What do I mean by that? Well, during that couple of hours, I, I sat down, I browsed, I ate food. Probably went to the toilet, drank some water. Counted how many suitcases I could see in the airport. Nothing too exciting, to be honest. So that's why I would say fast forward. So if you're telling a story to people, use that to skip over a period of time. So one day I was living in Ireland and I had an idea to move to Canada. Fast forward eight years and I'm still here. So what happened in that eight years? Nothing major, maybe. But you get me. Fast forward plus time. So, fast forward a couple of hours, we see our plane landing at Chicago Airport. It was delayed. So that means it was a quick turnaround for the staff and pilots. They had to hustle to get the, the airplane clean and, and ready for the next crew, or for the next uh, group of passengers to board. And we board. Yes, we actually get on our airplane, only like four or five hours late. And guess what? The airplane was a heap of shit. No joke. A heap of shit. There's a freaking Irish idiom for you. I think it's mainly for Ireland. A heap is like a large amount of. And a heap, of, and it's generally used for shit. Or manure. So if I say something was a heap of shit or a heap of, it's terrible. And that plane was old and a massive heap of shit. Why was it a heap of shit, I hear you asking. Well, first it wasn't fully cleaned because of the short turnaround. That, that doesn't bother me too much. As long as the engine and everything like that is working. Half the TVs in the plane weren't working. I opened my armrest where the remote for the TV was meant to be and it was just loose wires. No joke. Half the bins won't close properly or they're rattling. The chairs are broken or uncomfortable. Some of them are ripped. And it was an absolute heap of shit of an airplane. I couldn't believe it. Now thankfully there was no one sitting beside me and the plane was half empty. So I was able to scooch over to take the seat beside me and use that TV. Scooch over. Good phrasal verb for moving seat. Scooch over. Let me sit beside you. Or if you're, yeah, that would be if you're on a long couch and you're in the middle. Hey, Ronan, scooch over. Let us sit beside you. So I scooched over to the next seat and I had a TV, thankfully. Oh, but my God, folks, it was an absolute shit show. It was an absolute disaster. It was already late. There was no complimentary drinks. So people were not too happy about that. Now, we did explain our situation. And there were several other people on that flight who were on the original Vancouver flight. And by God, did we want a complimentary drink. And did we get a complimentary drink? Why? Because the squeaky oil gets the wheel. So I had a lovely gin and tonic, maybe two or three of them. Tried to sleep, but honestly, I couldn't really sleep. I was just so overtired, I guess. 
you know overtired when you want to sleep but because you're so tired your body won't do it maybe because you're thinking or you 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 even have your eyes closed but you just can't seem to fall asleep well that was me in that situation and I, obviously i just wanted to get back to ireland so i was on this plane that's a heap of shit you know maybe maybe you remember but there was a time when flying was like bougie flying was like fancy there was a time many many years ago i guess and uh, flying is absolutely not that anymore the seats are cramped people are packed on like sardines and yeah just generally was was pretty shit but let's move on from that what happens next well i can report overall the food was mediocre at best <laughs> it was mediocre at best it was average not very good that is a lovely sexy phrase folks mediocre at best and that means that it's not better than mediocre it could be much worse but certainly not better so if someone asks you how was your dinner in that restaurant and you say it was mediocre at best i will absolutely avoid that restaurant like the best they can do is mediocre they can't do good they can do average or below average at best so the food on the plane was mediocre at best the plane was mediocre at best my entire experience was mediocre at best but we were getting closer to dublin what could go wrong surely nothing thankfully nothing went wrong <laughs> we land in dublin airport i remember being on the plane and talking to the guy who i mentioned in part 3 of the podcast the guy whose uncle and father went to school at my father's small world and i said to him potty i am not getting excited until this plane is touched down in dublin and that door is open i did not want to get excited i did not want to get my hopes up because murphy's law for all i knew dublin airport would be closed or some shit like that we'd get into the airport and suddenly there'd be a lockdown i didn't know what was going to happen but i just had a feeling the journey wasn't over yet the plane lands the plane taxis to the gate the seatbelt sign is lifted we get up we walk off the plane i can smell irish air i start to smile for the first time in like 60 hours or something i start to smile i am starting to get excited i'm about to see my wife for the very first time in 6 fucking weeks to put that into perspective since we met i don't think we spent 6 weeks apart since moving to canada we hardly spent a few nights apart that's pretty wild to think about i walk out of security i remember it was a long trip it was a shit show of a trip everything that could go wrong did go wrong and as i entered arrivals at dublin airport there was an absolutely amazing school choir there singing christmas songs it was beautiful it was legit just what i needed it was incredibly emotional you're arriving home for christmas the biggest holiday in an irish calendar people from around the world are returning home for 2 weeks i can't stress to you enough how big a deal christmas is in ireland and how big it is when people come home because the level of emigration for irish people is just through the roof so many people have left so many of my friends have left ireland some to return some never to return it's just a huge thing we do in ireland we emigrate you arrive home for christmas you're tired you're cranky you're smelly 
you're at your wits end. You arrive to your country and there's a beautiful choir singing Irish Christmas songs upon your arrival. There's no stopping the heartworks, uh, the, the waterworks. My heartstrings were being pulled. I look around and so many happy faces. Christmas decorations all over the place. The sound of bells ringing. The choir in the background. So many tears of joy. So many people around. So many people eagerly awaiting their loved ones from abroad. So many families, kids, mums, dads, brothers, sisters, husbands, wives. Everyone you can think of. It was just such a happy buzz and environment. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. I get out into arrivals, I look around, I hear my name, it's my wife, we hadn't seen each other in six weeks. The longest time apart since we met in 2015, it was incredibly emotional. Yes, I shed tears. Yes, she shed tears. Yes, if you seen us, you would have shed tears. You could feel the love in the airport arrivals. We hugged, we embraced, we didn't leave for God knows how long we were just holding each other. Got a little teary sometimes thinking about it. It was surreal. Like, absolutely surreal. I mean, what a feeling to finally arrive home, be in her arms, hear the choir, back on Irish soil, two days late, whatever, shit happens, there's nothing you can do about it. 69 hours late overall. 69 hour, del- uh, 69 hour journey, folks. My 17-hour journey turned into 69 hours. No joke. By the time I calculated it, I left my house in Kelowna. To arrive into my house in Ireland, it was 69 hours. Yuck. However, I was home. Murphy's Law, folks. Everything that can go wrong, will go wrong. Thank you all for listening.